0: Welcome to this week's edition of Island Recast. For more information on Grand Memorial Presbyterian Church or Pastor David, please go to gmpc.org. If you've ever been to London, I assume you've been on the tube. And if you've been on the tube, you've seen the signs and heard the announcement that is repeated with great frequency... Mind the gap. Mind the gap. It's posted on the walls in the the subway, and there's that voice. Every time a train comes into the station, mind the gap. And there's a gap about that wide from the platform to the train. And you need to just pay attention to it so that you don't stumble, so that you don't fall. Gaps are everywhere. I remember as a child being afraid of the gaps. We used to go to Pismo Beach for vacation. Anybody ever go to Pismo Beach? They have a pier. And you walk out on that pier, and I remember walking out on on that pier, the the, the, the gaps between the boards walking out on the pier were about that wide. And I remember as a child being deathly afraid of walking on that pier for fear I was going to fall through the gap. Gaps are always with us. As I grew, I learned to be less and less afraid of the gaps in the tube stations or on the piers, but I also learned to recognize that there was a gap between me and God. I remember thinking, how can I bridge that gap? And what I discovered was that I could not. But there is a God of the gaps who fills what we cannot. And that is why we gather week after week to worship and to celebrate our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you have your Bibles, I would invite you to open them to the fifth chapter of the book of Hebrews... We're working our way through this book this year, and it's a fascinating book, uh, much more challenging than I had anticipated when I first decided that, uh, that this would be the, the text that would carry us uh, through the year 2021. But as I dig deeper, I come to just marvel at the insights of the author and the way that the arguments are laid out Helping me to understand who Jesus is. And in this day and age, I don't think that there is anything more important for followers of Jesus, for Christians, than to understand who Jesus is and why He is uniquely qualified to be the God of the gaps. One who is far superior to the angels, far superior to Moses and the law, a fulfillment of the law. And I love the arguments that are laid out in each of these chapters that we've covered so far. Beginning in chapter 1, the sun is the the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by the power of his word. And after he had provided purifications for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty of God. We need, in chapter 2, it tells us, to pay more careful attention to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. And we've talked about, the, about the, 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 the currents of culture. And if we're not paying attention, the currents of culture will cause us to drift away from Christ and from this great salvation that we have been given. We're reminded that Jesus is the author of our salvation perfected through sin. that he's greater than Moses, and that the importance of paying attention to our faith here and now in the present moment, today, encouraging one another. And last week we looked at this idea of Jesus being our high priest who has gone through the heavens, punched through, if you will, to provide a way for us to bridge that gap And the author tells us that we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who is tempted in every way, just as we are, yet without sin, giving us the boldness to approach the throne of grace where we can find mercy and grace in our time of need. And then we pick up the narrative in this fifth chapter. Verse 1, every high priest, every high priest is selected from among men and is appointed to represent them in matters related to God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sin. He is able to deal gently with those who are ignorant and going astray, since he himself is subject to weakness. And this is why he has had to offer sacrifices for his own sins, as well as for the sins of the people. No one takes this honor upon himself. He must be called by God, just as Aaron was. So Christ also did not take upon himself the glory of becoming high priest. But God, God said to him, you are my son. Today I have become your father. And he says in another place, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with loud cries and and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Although he was a son, he learned obedience from what he suffered and once made perfect, became the source of eternal salvation for all who would obey him and was designated by God to be high priest in the order of Melchizedek. The office of high priest, we talked about last week, the priest who was over all the other priests, who once a year was invited into the presence of God, would enter in behind the curtain and offer up the sins for the people. I love the way it is described here. Every high priest selected among men appointed to represent them in matters related to God to offer gifts and sacrifices for sin. The priest, the high priest, represented the nation of Israel to God. There was a gap. They recognized there was a gap. And they saw the high priest as the mediator. But there were even other mediators in between. They thought that the angels also bridged that gap, that the law would bridge that gap. And yet every year they would return to do the same thing over and over again because the sacrifice for sin was insufficient. And how could it be anything less than Insufficient. where the high priest himself is also one who struggles with sin. He is able to deal gently with those who are ignorant and going astray since he himself is subject to weakness. I love the distinction there. The, 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 those who are ignorant and going astray. There, there, are, there are sins that we commit that we're not aware of. And those were the sins that were covered uh, annually, with the with the with the uh, on the Day of Atonement, when when the high priest went in, and, and we're and we're not talking about willful disobedience here, we're not talking about arrogant defiance. We're talking about people that just want to get it right, and and, and we can't. For, for whatever reason, the, the 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 demons that we battle It's been said that 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 we are the sum total of our experiences, and, and along the road of life, we have encountered lies and deceit that have that have impacted us in ways that I'm not sure that we will ever fully comprehend this side of eternity. Why is it that Paul writes, that what I want to do, I don't do, and, and what I do, I don't want to do? It's that eternal struggle that we have living in a fallen and broken world. And the high priest was able to, to gently deal with those people, uh, 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 intimating a, a, a kind of humility that this high priest would have. And Why? because he himself was subject to this weakness. I understand. I've been there. I've fallen. I have sinned. I have picked myself back up, and I have boldly approached the throne of grace where I find mercy, where I find grace in the time of help. But this is why it says in verse 3, this is why he had to offer sacrifices for his own sins as well as for the sins of the people. No one takes this honor upon himself. He must be called by God just as Aaron was. Aaron was called to be the high priest. And it was the, it was the, the family of Levites, that, Levites that, that cared for the temple. But only the descendants of Aaron were allowed to perform the priestly duties. And then the high priesthood would pass from father to son down through the ages. God made that distinction. Aaron didn't wake up one day and say, hey, Moses, I got a great idea. How about we set up this sacrificial system and I'll be the head of it? No, it was all laid out. God God chose. God was the one who did it. No one takes this honor upon himself. He must be called by God just as Aaron was. So Christ did not take upon himself the glory of becoming a high priest. It was decided. And I think it was decided before the world began. I think it was decided before God said, let there be light. I think that God knew in his wisdom that if a creation was fabricated, and a being was placed in that creation in the image of God, a divine image in a finite form, that ultimately it would be so overwhelming that there would be a fall. And when that fall occurred, there would need to be redemption and restoration. I think as the conversation happened within the nature of the Trinity, as it all played itself out, one part of the Trinity said at that time, there's going to need to be an incarnation for an ultimate sacrifice. And the father says, and you'll go. You are my son. Today I have become your father. Interesting language. And language is always going to be limiting to us. We we refer to God as the Father, Jesus as the Son. What other language do we have to describe the God who created the universe? But this language is given to us in the Old Testament. This language comes right out of the second Psalm. And in another place, he says, You are the high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. That's out of Psalm 110. Melchizedek is named ten times in the Bible. Ten times. Twice in the Old Testament. Eight times in the book of Hebrews. Once in Genesis and once in Psalms. Who is this guy, Melchizedek? Ken read it for us this morning. I find it fascinating that after Abram wins this incredible battle against multiple kings... He's collected his spoils of war. And the king of Salem comes out to meet him. Salem, king of Salem, who was the high priest of the Most High God. This This is before Abraham has his name changed. Who is this guy? Melchizedek, the king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. Hmm. Bread and wine, and Abraham gave him a tenth of all he had. Melchizedek is a mystery to us, and we will learn more about him in the book of Hebrews than we ever do in the Old Testament. But I did a little bit of research, and in, uh, in, 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 some, of the, in some of the Jewish writings, uh, they say that tradition down the line has told them that Melchizedek was actually, and you break down the word, the name Melchizedek, it means king of righteousness. And those two words are present elsewhere in the ancient world, but this is the only place where they come together, the king of righteousness, Melchizedek. And Jewish tradition would, would suggest that Melchizedek was the son of Noah, Shem. So can you give us a text to support that? Our tradition. That's, it's, it's our tradition. Interesting. A high priest before the line of Aaron ever existed. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverent submission. When I read those words, I was drawn to Jesus' encounter in the Garden of Gethsemane. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond the disciples. He knelt down and he prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. In that portrait, I think we see the fullness of Jesus' humanity. I think he didn't want to go to the cross in his, in his own will. Father, there's got to be another way. If there's any other way, let this cup pass for me. But not my will, but thy will be done. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered prayers and petitions with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. He was heard, but he didn't get what he wanted. And sometimes I need to remember that that just because I am heard doesn't mean I'm going to get what I want. And ultimately, isn't that the battle that we all fight on a regular basis? My will or thy will? It's going to be one or the other. Although he was a son, he learned obedience from what he suffered and once made perfect, became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. The stories are told of uh, men who have built, people who have built big companies and they, and they raise up their children in order to take over the business. You know, father and son. And which ones work best? When the son goes to college and then is given a nice office right next to his father and, and then his dad hands things over to him uh, a, a bit at a time until he retires and lets, and lets the son carry on? Or the father that says, you know what? You've got an advantage, but you have a lot to learn. And I would love for you to take over this company someday. And I want you to get a good education. But when you come to work for me, you're going to start in the mailroom. And then I'm going to put you out on the factory floor. And then I'm going to put you in the field where you're buying the resources that we need in order to manufacture the product that we sell. And then I'm going to send you out with, uh, uh, with the representatives to find the customers. And then you're going to spend some time uh, in, in, in accounting so that you can understand the numbers behind what we're doing. And you're going to work your way up so that when it's time for me to hand things over to you, you're going to know this business inside and out. And isn't that really what God has done through Jesus Christ? Yes. You will be high priest in the order of Melchizedek. And though he is the son, he learned obedience from what he suffered and once made perfect, became the source of eternal salvation for all who believe in him, designated by God to be the high priest in the order of Melchizedek. submission obedience suffering once made perfect became the source of eternal salvation for all who would obey him when we look at that i say wait a minute jesus was perfect from the, from the start he he was without sin we have a misunderstanding of what the word perfection means. We want to bring a scientific precision to it, something that is perfect. No, 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 no. There's a, there's a sense of completion in what Jesus has done. And what has he done? But shown us the face of God taught us how to live with one another within God's moral framework, punctuating it with grace and mercy. What does the Lord require of us but to be just people who love mercy and walk humbly with God? He taught us how to live. And then through obedience, suffered what none of us, I hope, ever, ever have to experience. And he did it, but for the glory that was set before him, not my will, but thy will be done. And he died on that cross. It is finished. Redemption from the fall, it is finished. Three days later, he raises from the the dead. That power that brought Jesus back to life from the dead is the power that is at work within us, transforming us into his image. And then He ascended into the heavens. He punched through. He went where no one had gone before, providing us a safe passage over the gap. The gap has been bridged once and for all through Jesus. The perfect sacrifice who needed not to provide a sacrifice for his own sin because there was no sin. Therefore, it does not need to happen over and over again. And when he died, what happened? The curtain in the temple was ripped in half, top to bottom. Access to the glory of God made available to all who follow in Jesus' footsteps. And then according to our author and other places in Scripture, I love it. When he had provided purifications for sin, he sat down at the right hand of the Majesty. Continuing to sustain all things by the power of His Word. So important for us to recognize that. And to know that Jesus is the one who bridges the gap. And oh, we are aware of the gap because we find ourselves in that time of restoration. The already but not yet. The promise has been given, the hope remains. And so the opportunity for us to choose this day who we will follow is a choice we must make each and every day. Tomorrow night, I will be speaking to the Coronado Men's Connection through, uh, through the Zoom link. And, and, it's, and it's on living in the kingdom of God. And the reality is, each and every day, we must choose the kingdoms that we're going to live in. And there are multiple options for us. I live in, a, I live in, the, in, the, in, in the kingdom of my own home. What do they say? A man's home is his castle, right? There are castle laws, believe it or not. And, I, and, I, and I, I live in that kingdom. But there's also a kingdom at work. And the people that I work with. There's a kingdom in the neighborhood There's a kingdom in our social circles. And there's a kingdom of God. And all these kingdoms overlap. And we decide at any given moment which kingdom we're going to live in. But for those of us who understand the gap, all kingdoms must be subservient to the kingdom of God. And that's where our decision to exercise our free will to say, not my will, but thy will be done, needs to be a decision that we make each and every day. As I've said many times before, Paul talks about the three, the, the three most important things, faith, hope, and love. They're on the walls of the sanctuary. Faith and hope are on the back wall, but greater the, the greatest of these is love. Faith in who Jesus is and what he has done to bridge that gap hope and the promise of His return when He will, when he will right every wrong and establish his earthly, his earthly kingdom forever. And the future and the past collide in the present moment, and that's where we love. And in that moment, in that place, there is no gap because that gap has been perfectly bridged through Jesus Christ. High priest forever. Forever in the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek who shows up on the battlefield to receive worship from Abram with bread and wine. Thank you for listening to Island Recast. For more information, please go to gmpc.org. It is my hope and prayer today that... uh, that everyone who has heard these words this morning, be it here in the sanctuary, out on the lawn, or at home uh, on, your, on your screen, know Jesus as Messiah, Lord of all, who is uniquely qualified to bridge that gap between a fallen humanity and a loving Creator. and if if you are trusting in anything else, ah, I'm a good person. I, I, I volunteer. I do this. I do that. If you're trusting in anything other than the completed work of Jesus on the cross, come and talk to me. That's a burden you need not carry. As we learn to live into God's kingdom, trusting more and more that He has bridged that gap, It gives us the ability and the confidence to live out a life that is motivated by gratitude, not by fear, not by pride, but in humility recognizing the gift that has been given. And my hope and my prayer today is that everyone who hears my voice today knows that gift. And if you do not, please... Please come and talk to me.